Hello there, and welcome to Not The Farmer's Wife podcast. I'm CJ Steedman, and I'm definitely not the farmer's wife. I am a mum, a partner, a full-time off-farm worker, and enthusiastically a lady farmer. On our farm, Mojo Homestead, we grow chickens, goats, cows, and bees. We practice regenerative agriculture and holistic management. If, like me, you love all things farming and homesteading, and if you'd like to learn from the female farmer's perspective, then I'd love to have you along for the ride. So let's get farming. Hello everyone, it's CJ here for another episode of Not the Farmer's Wife. And this week we're going to talk about why you should grow your own eggs. People laugh when I say it like that, but you are growing your own eggs. In a way, it's like growing vegetables and plants, I guess. You look after everything and make sure everything's working well and then you get um, produce at the end of it. So yeah, so I look at it as growing your own eggs. Uh, Before we get into the chat, I just wanted to remind everybody that um, my next backyard chicken keeping course is coming up on uh, the 17th of June. It's six weeks of self-paced learning with uh, three lives thrown in so that we can discuss things face to face and work out any problems that you might be having or any things that you're not sure about. And uh, the uh, enrolments for it open on the 10th of June and will close on the 16th of June. I don't run it all the time because I have lots of other things on my plate. So we do a six week one and then obviously you're still in contact with me anyway and can ask me any questions that might come up after that. Um, so, uh, if you want to get onto that, www.mojohomestead.net and if you go and have a look there, there are two freebies that I give out for you to put your name on the list. You can either uh, select a PDF with seven must-knows for backyard chicken keeping or you can download a webinar uh, that discusses the best breeds for backyard chickens. Either one of those will get you well and truly started on your way and it's only really just over a month and the course will be up and running so um, if you're interested in that jump on board anyway on to this week's episode so we're going to talk about why you should grow your own chicken eggs because let's face it we're all busy and it's probably some people out there saying well it's just easier to go and buy them at the supermarket Um, unfortunately during the worst of the COVID pandemic Uh, Just buying eggs at the supermarket wasn't quite that easy. (laughs) And uh, lucky for us, we had egg production here and lucky for the people that I uh, sell eggs to, they also were still able to get their eggs because uh, their supply chain hadn't been impacted by COVID, uh, courtesy of us having our uh, pasture-raised chickens. So we're going to go through a few reasons why you should look at growing your own eggs. And the first one I want to talk about is quality and freshness. And I don't think anybody would dispute that homegrown, backyard-raised chickens would produce healthier eggs. But I think what a lot of people don't realise in food supply circles is how long uh, products stay in refrigerated areas before they are put out onto the shelf. So the eggs that you get at the supermarket, and I'm not speaking for all brands, there are some brands obviously that are very ethical, but supermarkets have to fulfill supply and demand. And to do that, they can't just 
dump a glut of eggs onto the shelves in the hopes that you'll buy them. They have to store them and they have to feed them out into the supermarket shelves as needed and as they're required, which means that they have to store them. Now, I have heard horror stories <laughs> of eggs being six months old before they're on the shelf, uh, which is not ideal, but as eggs are, you know, as they age, they get less, less they, they hold together less well. That's not a very good way of saying it, but the egg doesn't form as well, doesn't hold together as well. So fresh eggs hold together a lot better. So if you're doing like poached eggs or things like that, then you want the egg to look like, it, you know, you want your food to look good as well as taste good and be good for you. Uh, and older eggs tend to get a bit runny. Um, the other thing is that um, store-bought eggs, I've noticed, and I don't know why it is, they're never as yellow as my eggs. My eggs are like a, almost an orange colour yolk. And when I have had to buy, when the girls have been slackers and I've had to buy eggs, um, because we do eat a lot of eggs, um, they're very pale yellow. I look at them and kind of go, wow, I wonder what they're feeding them to make them pale yellow. They just, they look a bit sad. <laughs> it's the best way of describing it. Um, and eggs don't normally look sad to me. So, um, but they're definitely um, older when you buy them off the shelf than what you would be getting them if you were raising your own. When you're raising your own, you know exactly how old they are. <laughs> and to be honest, there are times when our eggs don't last a week here. So they're definitely fresh eggs. And we, we sell eggs, obviously, to other people as well. And um, we mark down the date on them. And everybody that I sell to always goes, oh my God, these were only laid like in the last 10 days. That's fantastic. And it is. It's lovely. That's nice and fresh. Uh, and therefore, I think the quality is better too. And and the quality you know, goes hand in hand with freshness. If the if they're fresh eggs, um, then then the quality is obviously going to be better. So when you eat them, when you're cooking with them, you get a better quality egg. Uh, and that's that's probably the number one reason why you would keep backyard chickens to have that lovely fresh egg supply coming to you. Um, the health benefits is the next one that I want to talk about. And uh, I, I was trying to find the study on it, but I've just been in the process of listening to an audible book called The Plant-Based, or The Great Plant-Based Con. And um, obviously I've mentioned before that I eat a, a um, keto slash carnivore style diet. And I've started doing that for my health because I realized that plants were actually trying to kill me. Not so much plants, but more grains were trying to kill me. Um, so I still eat vegetables and I still eat berries, uh, but I tend to avoid all grains at this point uh, because I've worked out that gluten and grains are not my friend and they don't like me. So um, the health benefits for me is obviously I want the best quality protein that I can have. If I'm eating a carnivore diet or a keto diet, then I want the best, best quality protein that I can get. So I was looking for studies on uh, pasture-raised, which is what we raise here, pasture-raised eggs versus confined housing eggs. And I know in Australia, a lot of people will say, oh, well, we don't have cage eggs anymore. And that's true, we don't have cage eggs, which thank fuck for that, because I tell you what, I'd been to a cage egg setup and um, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, let alone chickens, which I like. Um, but a confined house egg producing area I have to be honest with you it's not much better and um, 
there was a, a movie that a guy did. It was the guy that did um, the um, McDonald's expose kind of thing where he just ate McDonald's for like a month. He also did one on chicken production in America. And it was pretty sad to watch. But one thing he pointed out was in order to um, mark them as barn raised or, or free range in um, factory settings, they realistically only have to give them about a metre and a half of outside of the barn area. So that's for the entire flock. So they could have 100 chickens in a barn and they have a metre and a half that is outside of the barn for all of those chickens. And that consider, that they then class, classify that as um, free range, which just, <laughs> like, I don't know how the fuck they get away with that, but clearly the the eggs that you're buying in a shop and and not knocking egg producers in any way shape or form because they're only supplying what the public is demanding so when you don't put your foot down and say no I want pasture raised eggs they'll produce the cheapest version of free range and that's in inverted commas there folks uh, they will produce the cheapest version of free range eggs that they could possibly produce because they're in the business of making money um, and and you can't blame them for that it costs money to live everybody's in the business of making money but if you want the best quality egg you can get the best way you can do it is to buy pasture raised eggs and if you don't want to buy pasture raised eggs grow your own eggs that's the best way around that which is what I'm encouraging people to do uh, the study I was trying to find runs through a whole bunch of stuff about the vitamin, mineral and omega-3 fatty acid content of pasture-raised eggs versus um, confinement eggs or barn-raised eggs. And there isn't a huge difference. I'll be honest with you. There was not a huge difference when I read it, but there is a difference. And that difference, well, it's small if your health is very important to you and your diet is very important to you and the quality of the proteins you're getting in are very important to you then you would definitely be wanting to go pasture raised because it does it pips them at the post it's got the edge over the barn raised eggs um or like i say grow your own eggs and then you know that you're getting essentially the same thing as pasture raised eggs uh, because your chickens will have access to the outside world and bugs and grubs and things that chickens do they'll be chickeny chickens um so that's that's the second benefit of having your own grow your own chicken eggs so the next one is cost savings now this one could be disputed i guess uh, because it depends how much you want to spend on your chickens <laughs> but generally um, feeding your chickens chicken scraps as a supplementary diet as well as um, layer pellets what i spend on layer pellets versus what i get for the eggs that I sell um, my chickens are definitely in front they're definitely making me a profit and, and that's only a small profit but that's all I want out of them at this point in time if we go into a more commercial setup then obviously I need to make a proper profit but for a person growing their own eggs at home you would absolutely be ahead based on what you have to spend to get pasture raised eggs so keeping in mind that the eggs you're producing are the top quality, top of the range egg, have a look at what they're worth in the shops. Have a look at the ones. Go to a local farmer's market and buy direct from the supplier 
and find out what eggs are worth. And I've got to be honest, I haven't looked because I never buy them. But I know what the cheap ones are worth and I'm still ahead financially on what it costs me with layer pellets, uh, parasite control. Um, the fencing obviously is an asset for us because we're out in an environment that's a farm environment. But uh, chicken coops aren't that expensive. You can get a small chicken coop that does the job just nicely. And while it may not pay you back in the first year, it will in the second or third year. Um, so you definitely be ahead on cost. And I know I've seen a, uh, a little funny that I saw on Instagram the other week. It said something about, you know, growing tomatoes. The only time you spend, um, you know, $5.50 to save paying $6.60 a kilo. It's, yeah, it, it, it's always going to be pretty close and you can always spend a lot more than what you should. But doing everything right, feeding them, chicken uh, kitchen scraps to supplement their pellets and um, making sure that you look after the parasite control so you don't have a lot of medical issues having a good but small house you don't need anything special for them uh, possibly using I've previously mentioned using coffee grounds as a base for their house instead of straw or, um, or sawdust you could definitely get away with producing eggs a lot cheaper than what you would spend at the supermarket to buy them. And if you have a large family who are consuming eggs on a regular basis, well, you're, you're ahead straight away. Um, and we certainly, because of the diet that we eat, we certainly eat a lot of eggs. Uh, my son, OJ, um, he generally will have two boiled eggs for breakfast every morning. Um, and for anybody that says, oh, what about the cholesterol? Uh, folks, it's been proven go do your research, cholesterol's not formed in the heart or in the body uh, by eggs. Um, any health issues that you have generally are going to come from grains. And if you don't believe me, just think about what they use in feedlots to fatten up cows. They feed them grain. If you want to fatten something up, feed it grain. It'll fatten up. If you don't want to fatten something up, believe me, saturated fats in eggs are not the enemy. Um, and I will try and link uh, that book that I mentioned earlier, The Plant Great Plant-Based Con. Um, I'll put a show note link to that. Um, I would strongly advise you to go and do some research on what the doctors are now saying. There's a couple of doctors here in Australia, um, a Dr. Gary Fetke and Dr. Anthony Chaffee, who are both big advocates of a high-fat, low-carb diet with moderate protein uh, and the egg that you are eating is the perfect little, they are like a, a little bundle of joy in regards to that style of diet. Um, all right, so uh, sustainability is the next one. Now, um, in the past, agriculture's copped a real stick from environmentalists about how we are contributing to the carbon footprint and how we're contributing to greenhouse gases. And in the last couple of months, you know, there's been a lot of studies done, a lot of um, information that's come out proving that that was a big setup um, and certainly regenerative agriculture not factory farmed agriculture but regenerative agriculture and farming the correct way is actually way more beneficial for the environment than what people realized as in people who are using livestock to uh, graze on pasture are sequestering carbon back into the soil and that's where it should be. The carbon should be in the soil. But the only way to do that is with livestock. You can't do it 
uh, by putting fertilizers and or synthetic fertilizers and synthetic pesticides into the soil because it kills the soil and the soil can't sequester the carbon if it doesn't have plant roots and root hairs compacted down and staying in the soil so the main thing you want to do in a pasture area is keep the root systems in the soil that's the best thing you can do for it and livestock do that livestock come in if they're done if it's done properly you bring the livestock in you uh, graze them on a particular space of, of um, grassland and then you move them onto the next patch and that allows those plants to stay growing in the ground and keep the carbon in the ground. So now that we've got past that with regenerative agriculture and people are starting to realise that livestock farming is actually hugely beneficial and is turning around carbon issues, um, which, and I have to say, I think I've said it before, I'm, I'm not a fan of the term climate change because to me the climate's not changing, the climate goes through cyclical movements, but I am a fan of preventing environmental damage through pollution, which is what I think that we are generally doing. And certainly um, on the carbon footprint side of things and greenhouse gases, what we now know is that the, the figures were fudged a bit. Agriculture and livestock is definitely not the main contributor. Transport is the main contributor. So if you fly in a plane or you drive a car, you're contributing to greenhouse gases more than the cow in the paddock that you drive past each day is. Um, chickens also contribute to that cycle, that natural regenerative agricultural cycle. They walk around on the ground, they drop their manure, they peck at the ground and aerate it, they um, eat bugs out of the ground, so pest management. Uh, once they aerate the soil, if you move them onto another pasture or move them onto another area, then that allows that soil to regenerate with the manure that's been dropped there very good for the soil and without soil we have nothing so even if you are not a meat eater even if you are vegan or vegetarian um, your plants won't grow without livestock helping the soil um, so having um, eggs growing in your backyard the other big thing that you are helping with is your own food um, footprint Every time you buy an imported product or every time you buy a product that has to be transported somewhere, you're adding to that carbon footprint. So if your eggs are coming from your backyard, honestly, you could not be doing any more for the environment than, than that as far as food. If it's coming out of your backyard, your footprint is like two metres from your backyard to your kitchen. Pretty good effort, I reckon. Uh, the next one I want to talk about was control over production. And this has probably become a bit more important as people are educating themselves more about their health and about their diet and, and what's going into their bodies. And growing your own eggs means that you have control over the production process, which includes the chicken's diet, their living conditions. If you have concerns about um, buying eggs from a producer who perhaps doesn't have the, the animal's best welfare at, at the forefront of their mind when they're raising them. But it also allows you to have some control over any antibiotics or hormones that are added to the food. Now, my chicks, when they're on chick starter here, they have food that has an antibiotic added. But that antibiotic that is added is one that prevents certain um, bacterial diseases that chicks can get. I feed that to them. Obviously, that would mean I would never be able to class my eggs as organic. 
but the chick starter is the only time they get that antibiotic they don't get hormones of any kind they are vaccinated because i don't want them dying from things like merrick's disease or newcastle disease but um the antibiotics that they get are ones that I have made a conscious decision to feed them while they're chicks in order to get them to adult age. Once they get to adult age, then they go on to non-medicated food. And the reason that I have them on non-medicated food is because once they're adults, they should have, like a human child, been exposed to different toxins, different bugs, different diseases, and developed an immunity to it. And once they have that immunity in place, then they're on their own. I'm not going to medicate them. I want them to be living their fullest chicken life uh, without the need for me to medicate. So I do feed antibiotics. Um, and I think a lot of people do at that chick stage because the, the food is available, readily available from the stock feed shops with the antibiotics in it to prevent those illnesses. But as people educate themselves about what goes into their food, they want to know and they want to make that decision themselves. And when you have chickens in your backyard, you are 100% responsible for what food's going into them, what they're eating, what medication they're having. You know all of it. And you can make that decision yourself. You're not relying on somebody to make the decision on your behalf and perhaps maybe not being 100% correct about what they're, what they're putting into their chickens. And like I said, you can also control their living conditions, which if you're a vegetarian and you're still eating eggs, um, then you know you may be vegetarian for animal welfare reasons. And if you are a vegetarian for animal welfare reasons, well, of course you want to know that your chickens are being well looked after, even if you are still eating eggs. So that's an important one, that control over production. Um, the next one I wanted to talk about was educational benefits. So... When you have chickens in your backyard and you're growing them, the whole family get involved. Even if the family don't want to get involved, they will get involved. Kids love chickens. They love baby chickens, but they also love adult chickens. And adult chickens love humans. They're, they're very chatty. They're very social animals. So having chickens is, I see it on par with having a cat or a dog. Uh, everybody learns to look after the animal. The animal learns to interact with you. You learn to interact with the animal. Uh, kids can be have that level of responsibility of having to care for a pet. Um, certainly my two have, they understand about the feeding, the watering, the cleaning out of the stall, um, collecting the eggs. Collecting the eggs was the big one. The first time my two went and collected eggs, oh my God, it was amazing. <laughs> I stand out there just looking at me and I'm like, yep, their eggs in there and they're like this is where the eggs came from so and they knew they knew where eggs came from but it was still that whole process of oh my god our chooks just laid eggs like we've got eggs it's ours we we grew them um i can't stress enough how important it is for kids to really understand where their food's coming from uh, i heard a story over in the states and and i hope it's not true but i'm sure it is that children were asked where chocolate milk came from and some responded from the store and some people said from chocolate cows <laughs> which is pretty sad if if a kid actually thinks it's coming from a chocolate cow well I want to know where that chocolate cow is and while we're at it can we get a coffee cow because yeah I like a milk coffee so coffee cow would be good uh, but yeah the educational benefits for everybody 
uh, to know where their food's coming from, but also to have the responsibilities of looking after an animal, caring for it, growing it, watching it, learning about it. Uh, yeah, you, you can't put a value on that one. Uh, the seventh thing that I wanted to talk about was the local food movement. And this is a big one. If you aren't going to grow chickens in your backyard, um, then I would strongly encourage you to find a local farmer's market where somebody who does grow their own eggs um, sells their eggs. If everybody took a step back and started buying food locally, the transport, the effect on greenhouse gases of the transport of food from point A to point B would be so much more reduced. Sorry, having a sip of water. Um, in, in buying food locally, we are encouraging local producers to keep producing it because they've got a market. We're reducing the greenhouse gas uh, and the carbon footprint of food miles. By, by buying our food locally, we are reducing all the issues that we have with that horrible transport sector emissions of having to buy produce that is made somewhere else and brought to us where we are. So reducing our food miles is, is a huge impact on all that. Um, I think I saw something and it might have been, it's one of those um, newsreaders who can be a little bit edgy and kind of cause a bit of grief. And he was talking to a lady who was saying, no, 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 you know, um, uh, farming and beef, beef cattle growing is the biggest impact on the, on the food environment. He said, well, what about the transport of, of avocados to England? Um, I don't think there's many places in England that avocados grow. And he was hitting her up and saying, well, hang on, what's, what's the impact of having avocados brought from another country where they do grow into England and they're being flown in on a plane, which is the biggest impact on greenhouse gas emissions is, is flying. So she couldn't answer. They decided to butt heads over it. But it was just an interesting point that he raised. And it's true. If you, not that I have any problem with people getting avocados and bringing them into the country. I love avocados. And where I live, avocados would really struggle to grow because it's just a little bit too cold. But uh, I try and buy local as often as I can with as many things as I can. And certainly you can't get more local than your own backyard. So being part of that local food movement you're producing eggs in your backyard you're reducing all of your outputs uh, the other good bit is you can swap with local people within the local food movement so you might have somebody who grows you know has a beautiful fruit tree in their yard but doesn't have chickens and being part of that local food movement group you could potentially be swapping out Oh, here, would anybody like a dozen eggs in return for a kilo of apples? You know, I mean, there's no reason why you can't do it. It's food trading and food swapping's gone on for, for hundreds of years. I think bartering was our earliest system of getting different food to different people. But, uh, yeah, it's to me, it just makes, it's a no-brainer. It makes perfect sense to be part of that. Uh, number eight that I wanted to talk about was uh, flavor and variety and I cannot tell you the number of times that customers who buy our chicken eggs have come back to me and said that they have never ever tasted eggs like ours um, and, and I have to be honest I'm probably a bit um, desensitized to how good they are 
uh, until of course my chickens go off the lay and I have to go to the shop and buy eggs because the freeloaders are all molting and not laying um, and then I try shop-bought eggs and I go oh my god they're so bland they don't taste like anything but customers come back to us all the time saying that they have it's the best tasting egg they've ever had uh, the colour is beautiful, the sizes are amazing. Our girls, I think because they're all out free-ranging, they just lay the biggest, massivest eggs. And we quite often get double yokers, which are lovely. Uh, but the taste of the eggs is, is what gets most people. We also had a customer for a while there who was buying our eggs to make um, homemade pasta, um, which I've never mastered. I, I'm jealous because she was making this amazing homemade pasta using these uh, pasture-raised eggs and uh, she was feeding it to her and her partner's parents and they're both Italy Italians and they said that it reminded them so much of the pasta that their mothers used to make back in Italy because they, they hadn't had that kind of pasta as much as time has gone on they were busy with work they weren't cooking as much at home and all of a sudden it reminded them of this homemade pasta that they used to have on a regular basis and so all of a sudden we had a whole bunch more <laughs> customers who wanted to buy the eggs because everybody in her family suddenly wanted to make homemade pasta, um, which is lovely. But also too, you can then, um, if you're after different um, styles of eggs, you can also go and get different heritage birds in order to have different coloured eggshells. Uh, so the Morans have got the very dark brown, like almost like a copper colour. Uh, your Arakans or your blue eggs or your Easter eggers. Um, you can pick the type of chicken that you want in order to get the type of egg you want. And I know with our supply, when we take our eggs in, we've, we've got a lot of um, barter browns, so they just lay a normal brown egg. But when we take them in to sell to customers, they open the, the packets up straight away and look for the blue eggs. Have I got a blue egg in there? Did you give me an Arakana egg? I want an Arakana egg. So um, having those different... Uh, coloured eggshells can provide some novelty factor uh, certainly amongst family and friends it would be something that a lot of them would you know look at and go oh my god where'd you get these eggs why are they this colour you know and the, the most common question I get is are they the same on the inside <laughs> and they are the blue eggs are exactly the same on the inside they don't look any different it is just the colour of the shell that is different uh, but yeah that's that's a point that some people like to to think about um, number nine is uh, your connection to nature. I have um, seen people go from families who don't spend a lot of time out in their backyard uh, to having backyard chickens and suddenly their backyard becomes a whole new place for them um, because they're out there and, and looking after chickens is not an extensive amount of work in it. You know, cleaning out manure out of the, the run doesn't take very long if you do it daily. Uh, topping up feed, takes literally five minutes checking water supply and maybe cleaning out the the water uh, bottle or jug or bowl or whatever you're using it, it's very quick collecting your eggs only takes a couple of minutes but then the time that they spend out there with their girls looking at them uh, giving them some scratch maybe in the afternoons to scratch mix to to get them out foraging around have a little dig before they go to bed of a night it really does get people out in their backyards more. Now, if you don't want to spend time out in the backyard, 
don't get backyard chickens is my hot tip. Uh, but if you already spend time in your backyard and you really enjoy that side of life and you really enjoy connecting with nature in that way, then having backyard chickens just adds another layer to it. It really, um, it can make people um, appreciate the world around them and their nature their natural environment a lot more when they're watching their girls going around foraging and looking for bugs and looking for things and and digging and stuff like that so it, I think it promotes a connection to nature having backyard chickens in the same way that having a dog would promote you maybe to go for a walk every day because you know that they're going to enjoy it as much as you're going to enjoy it at the end of the day uh, and the last one that I wanted to talk about was uh, the community aspect of backyard chickens. Um, certainly, uh, I spoke last week about joining local community groups that are backyard chicken keepers um, because they are just a huge source of information for a new uh, backyard chicken keeper uh, to be able to touch base with people that have experience. But also, too, you end up having a connection to the farmer's markets um, particularly if you have more than a few chickens and you might be looking at selling produce, maybe you might be growing your own vegetables and selling some of that and you want to incorporate a few chicken egg sales into that. Or you might be interested in doing swap meets with other people who might grow things in their backyard that you don't grow in your backyard. And having your chickens and having eggs that you can swap certainly will promote that um, people that, that don't have the space for chickens They'll be looking at you and going, oh, I've got all these veggies. Can I swap you for your eggs? You know, it, it increases that community sense, I think, of, of finding like-minded individuals in your community who are interested in um, sourcing their own food supplies and keeping their own food supplies coming from their own backyards. Um, so they're my top 10 reasons why you should be growing chickens in your own backyard. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty more uh, I, I love the social aspect of my chickens I love spending time with them uh, the girls are such little inquisitive things they all have their own little personalities so I, I love that aspect of it to me they are like pets um, I'm sure other people probably look at me and think I'm some crazy chicken lady and you know what they're probably a little bit right and I'm okay with that <laughs> anyway that's it for this episode. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed all that and I hope it's got you thinking about whether or not you want to grow your own eggs in your own backyard. And I can just see all these people picturing eggs being planted and coming up out of the soil now that I've said grow your own eggs. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, don't forget that to get on the wait list for the course coming up in June, you need to uh, jump on to www.mojohomestead.net and uh, you can pick from one of our freebies and get your name on the list um, and otherwise if there's anything that you want me to discuss about chickens feel free to dm me at either mojo homestead on instagram or facebook or not the farmer's wife on those two channels as well and if there's something that you really want me to talk about i can delve into it and we can have a chat uh, i'll post the show in the show notes that link to the book the great plant con uh, good book i'm i'm almost finished i think i'm in the last chapter listening to it in the car because i never have time to read an actual book uh, and it is amazing i would highly recommend it for anybody who wants to know more about where our food dietary guidelines have come from and things like that anyway i will talk to you all next week see you all then bye thanks so much for listening today i hope you've enjoyed our time together 
If you did, I'd be so grateful if you left me a review. I would also absolutely love it if you tagged me in your next post on your favourite socials at either Not The Farmer's Wife or Mojo Homestead. And don't forget to get your free guide to backyard chicken keeping at www.mojohomestead.net backslash seven must knows. And remember, grow the life you want to live. See ya.